Precious Lord, the loving Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne of grace tonight in and through the precious name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. We do pray that you would bless your word to our heart this night that we might not only hear your word but understand believe and seek to obey we pray that through our meeting together studying thy word that we might be greatly encouraged in thee that all of our hope will be in me. We might see our own weakness, but also thy mighty power and thy wonderful provision. And so we ask that I hand a blessing upon our time together this night. In Christ Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen. Amen. Uh, we come tonight, please, to the 14th chapter of John's Gospel. And we'll read, please, from verse 18 through to the end of the chapter. John chapter 14 and the 18th verse I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live ye shall live also at that day ye shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judith said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and in all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, 
because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and that the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This word comfortless is the word orphanos, which means bereaved. In Christ had been telling them that he was going to depart. He was going to die. But he's saying he is not going to leave them bereaved. As we saw last week, this is because he was going to send another comforter. Another because it would be one like himself. One who would provide help alongside like he had done during his earthly ministry. Because in his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus was limited in his physical presence. He was only with a small group. And even after his resurrection, he was seen on one occasion by 500. But that was still a very limited experience with the other comforter that would come would be the Holy Spirit who would be for all his disciples wherever they are. He would not leave them comfortless will not leave them orphans. I will come to you. Well, you say, when the Holy Spirit comes to someone, Christ has also come to someone. How can we say this? Well, we can't fully understand these things. We cannot pretend them. We would have to be God ourselves to understand but we have one who is three and three for one. The triune oneness of our God. So, the Father and the Son, the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Father, and so on, have fellowship together as one. When the Holy Spirit comes, in that very real sense, Christ also comes. And this is how he could say, Lo, I am with you, even on the end of the world. We cannot pretend to understand all about God. 
people do find these things difficult. We would expect to. I said, if we didn't find it difficult, we would be gone ourselves. I will come, as I say, that is so much more than the resurrection. Yes, he did come to the in his resurrection. But this is speaking of the comforter who he would request when he was glorified. Verse 19, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. And this was because the world saw him outwardly. And remember that crowd who fed miraculously. They saw him physically. And they ate the bread physically. But what happened when he began to teach spiritually? They went away. You see, they had only seen physically. They had not believed what he was teaching. So he went away. They didn't like what he taught. They didn't understand it. He went away. He even asked if you remember the disciples, will he also go away? And we hear that response. Under whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. See, they had seen the truth of the teaching. They had believed. And that was the difference between those who stayed and those who went. So these people only saw them physically. And when he went physically, they wouldn't see him anymore. And in point of fact, after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we don't see any record of his appearing to those who did not believe. He only appeared, so the scriptures tell us, to believe. So those who were his true disciples. And that was only limited to that short period before his ascension. But you see me. They saw him spiritually, they understood, they believed. Because I live, you shall live also. You see, they had seen, in the present tense, they had seen the truth of who the Lord Jesus was. They didn't understand it fully. When Peter said, Thou art the Christ, they didn't grasp all that it meant. They, they weren't expecting him to come to die. Nevertheless, they believed on it. And the Lord Jesus gave them this promise Because I live, you shall live also. Because I have 
that eternal life has gone from everlasting to everlasting because I have this life because you believe in me because you see me you have this life too they would be subject to spiritual death and they would have this spiritual life verse 20 at that day you shall know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you and this is speaking of something of the, the wonderful intimate fellowship you see the fellowship there of the father and the son but also the intimate fellowship of the son and those who have come to save and that intimate fellowship is ours today if we are believers in the Lord Jesus if we love it if we are those that seek to keep his commandments this promise is for us and this promise of that intimate ever present fellowship is for us it should encourage and warm our hearts it's something that we should rejoice about verse 21 he that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved to my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him you see, this whole passage is based on that word believe. You saw that back in verse 1 believe. And it follows through believe, believe, believe. But belief is not something abstract, it's not just enough to assent to the fact. If it's real belief, it will be lived out. If I was to tell you the building was on fire, it's not just enough to say, Oh yes, sir, I believe you, you're an honest man. You sit quietly and you're not even about it. If you actually believe what I said, you would get up and get out. We sometimes can have an intellectual understanding of God's truth, but we must always take that step further. It's God's word and it's God's truth. If you believe it, and if it's God's word, what other choice have you got? And if you believe it, you should put it into action. If God says it, what right have we got to do not to do it? And this is the sign. We can prove our faith by our works. If we haven't got any of those works, 
It's that real question. If you've got any of that real faith, by their fruits you shall know them. That's what the Lord Jesus said. And this clears up that whole debate about what the what James had to say. And he speaks about works. So wrong with the words of James and say, Oh yes, salvation is by works. No. Salvation is by faith. But faith is shown by works. Because truth acts on what is believed. And this is so important. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Again, this promise is repeated. The Lord Jesus kept repeating his words. These disciples were going to face great tragedy. They were going to be really distressed and confused. We kept repeating his words. Believe, love, obey. And you will be loved of the Father. You will have the of the comforter. I will come to you. I will manifest myself to you. And that words of encouragement these were for the disciples. But words of encouragement for us today too. <coughs> Judas said unto him, not discouraged. And what a blessing it is not to be discouraged. Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. We must be careful that we follow the Lord faithfully and don't deny the Lord or betray the Lord. We are all weak in the flesh. We all face temptations, even like Peter did. Denied the Lord. We found that place of repentance and resignation. Judas. He betrayed the Lord. He was not a real believer. The great cry of this passage is to believe. It's the Lord is to obey. And that has seek to be those that do that. But this Judas has a question. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? But these past few years you've been manifesting yourself to us. But also to the world, everybody could see you. You're about your ministry. And if this ministry is going to go forward, surely you're going to show yourself to us, then you must be going to show yourself to the world as well. Everybody must be. Jesus 
Sir Bach, who says, verse 23, Jesus answered. And let me read the answer. You probably think, this isn't really the answer to the question. But we know it is, because we're told it is. Jesus answered. It is the answer to the question asked. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. And my father will live here, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sight. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sight. You see, this is the iron layer. The seeing of Jesus by faith. And that is how today we see Jesus. We see us as we across darkly in so many ways. But there will come the day when we shall see him as he is. What a glorious But in the meantime, again we have this wonderful promise of the fellowship, of the love, of the Father, and of the Son, with the Holy Spirit, and make our abode with Him, abode. Living there, dwelling there, long term, permanent. Not just a fleeting visit. This is a wonderful, wonderful promise. When we are converted, we receive the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, we also have Christ. And this means we will never be alone. This means we always have that strengthening hand with us. We do not have to do things in a wrong strength. We read about how it is when we are weak that we can be strong in the Lord. My strength is made perfect in weakness. We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. You see, we're not to expect to be able to do whatever these things are that we are to do. We're not supposed to be able to expect to serve the Lord faithfully. To keep his commandments in our own strength, according to our own wisdom. This is not how we live the Christian life. We have to live the Christian life in total fellowship the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we will know this divine love. In presence with us. It's a great blessing to think of these things. And how sad for those 
that don't love. The Lord Jesus, verse 24, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sins. You see, we have a world around who despises what they hear of the gospel. Yet the preaching of Christ is foolishness. Is foolishness. But it is pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save. We are to bring God's truth. And it is the reaction to the preaching of God's truth that proves who sees Christ and who does not. It is the only method. And that is open to us. We are to preach Christ and Him crucified. There is no other gospel. There is no other way of doing it. And this message will, will lead to the salvation of souls. But there will be many who do not believe, there will be many who do not love the Lord Jesus in response. In the words of our text, there will be many that love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And we shouldn't be surprised at that. Nevertheless, we are commanded, we are called upon Preach the word in season and out of season. When it seems successful, when it doesn't seem successful, we are to sow the seed. We are to water the seed. We have to rely upon God to give the increase. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. You see, Christ here was in a state of humiliation. Not the fullest extent of it, but when he left heaven's glory, he became the dweller as a man amongst people like us. That was a state of humiliation for him. And he's saying, this is the word of the Father. This is the word of the God of all glory. That I am speaking to you. These things have I spoken unto you being yet present with you. Let me read that word, the fathers which sent me. We remember, don't we, that those words there. Who shall go for us? That eternal plan of redemption. The hierarchy which we don't understand in 
this one and the Holy Spirit. So in that sense it is the Father that originates. These things have a struggle of you being yet present with you. But the Comforter, the Paraclete, which is the Holy Ghost, and the Father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you you see Jesus had taught and as he saw last week the disciples had not fully grasped had not understood they didn't really grasp much in so many ways. And now Jesus is going. What would happen to his teaching? Well, it's all explained to us. But, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, to the Father, he shall teach you all things. And this is how we have the New Testament. This is how we have God's Word reliably before us. You see, these men had heard the Lord Jesus teach, but they doubtly forgot much. He certainly failed to understand much. How could they come to write it down? The Holy Spirit would guide them. The Holy Spirit would teach they would understand so we would have the reliable truth we see this First Peter uh, chapter 4 and verse 11 Second Timothy chapter three. And the sixteenth verse. Second Timothy three sixteen. All is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect totally furnished unto all good works. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is breathed. And And we read in Acts chapter 1 Acts the first chapter and the 16th verse Men and brethren this scripture must needs have been fulfilled which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake concerning Judas 
which was died for them of that took Jesus. You know those words, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spank. This is how we were to have the New Testament. This is how we have the Old Testament. The Holy Ghost worked through the righteous to give us God's Word. And this is how in First Peter chapter 4 verse 11 this is how we are to speak. First Peter chapter 4 verse 11 If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. <coughs> let him speak as the oracles of God. You see, we can speak today with authority when God has spoken on that subject. When God has not spoken, we cannot speak with authority as the oracle of God. We have been given God's word. God's commandments. We are to keep them. We are to guard them. We are to preserve them. We are to watch over them. We are to use them. We are to obey them. God's word should be holy with us. Should be respected by us. Should be known by us. Should be benevolent. After all, the God of all glory has given us his wisdom. All the wisdom we need to know. It is sufficient for us. <coughs> it's all that is of faith and doctrine. It contains all the principles of our lives. How do we respond to God's word? Do we believe it? we shall not in our obedience to it. Verse 27 Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Peace I leave with you. What is this peace? The Lord Jesus, is, is this just a sort of Eastern greeting? We can hear today, Shalom, peace, is it a greeting or a farewell? No, this is more than that, much more than that. 
this is something special and specific that the Lord Jesus is given. What is it? Well, we turn over to Romans chapter 4, the end of chapter 4. Verse 25 of Romans chapter 4. Who was delivered, that is Jesus, who was delivered for our offences and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Ephesians chapter 2, please. This is speaking here about the nation of Israel and the Gentiles. The Ephesians, of course, were strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who have made both one and have spoken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity in the law of commandments containing the ordinances, for to make in himself a twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off unto them that were nigh. You see, this peace that we have is peace with our Creator. This is peace with the God of all glory. The God who in all righteousness could have poured out his wrath upon us. And when you have peace with your Creator, when you have peace with your Judge, then you have real peace within you. Then you need not have fear of those who can kill the body but not the soul. This is the peace that the Lord Jesus has provided by the cross, by his death, by his atoning penal substitution. His resurrection. And so we can have this peace in our hearts by his gracious provision. This is the peace that Jesus left with his disciples, the peace that he gave unto them. Remember how the Lord Jesus 
was in the boat with the disciples. When the storm came, what happened? He had peace. They had troubled hearts. Did they need to have troubled hearts in the midst of the turbulent storm that looked like it would overthrow their boat and destroy them? Did they need to have? Should they have had? No. They should not have had turbulent hearts. They should have been looking at Christ. They should have known His face. And that is how we should be. Amidst the turbulence of life. That is how we can read the books of people giving their testimony of accounts of those who have suffered much persecution and the peace that they enjoyed even in those the greatest, greatest persecution and trouble. It is because they had the peace of Christ. It's because they had the Holy Spirit into them. They knew Christ's presence with them. We too, as we look unto Christ, should know this peace in our hearts. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. As I say, rather we should look unto Christ. Just drop it down to the last verse of the chapter that we read. At the end of this part of the discourse, we read those words. Arise, let us go hence. You know, when we've been teaching this time for action, the particular here, the Lord Jesus was on the way towards betrayal, his trial, his suffering and death. There were other things to happen first. But we can apply these words. When we've heard God's truth, God's word, we should respond with belief with love for the Lord Jesus who suffered and gave himself the just for the unjust. He paid the penalty to give us his peace. We should obey, we should keep his commandments, his word. <coughs> and that means there are things for us to do in our daily life. Things to do in faithful service. We have to do all things to Christ. And that is when we are truly faithful servants.
But you know me. It is through Christ, in Christ, that we can do these things, not in our own strength. And we can do them according to His Word. Amen.